Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Watch 100 Isekai, the podcast in which we watch 100 Isekai. I am Thermite, and I'm here with your other hosts. Tequila Zaku. Yeah. Think guns. Today we are doing episode 33 of our 100 Steps Towards a Better, Brighter Future. This step is known as the Titan's Bride. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're sure bridling some Titans. <laughs> so the titan's bride started off as a japanese manga that was uh it started its serialization in 2019 which is pretty wild considering that it got an anime adaptation one year like, like one year right after that i titan's bride more like titan's groom <laughs> well bride is of course not a gendered thing in the world of these titans like the titan needs a bride but the bride can be anyone well, I hope you didn't miss the clever double meaning in my joke. I did, in fact, miss the clever meaning of your joke. <sighs> oh, well, yeah, this is the second hentai we're covering on our show. I was not expecting to do any, so this is kind of surprising. Also, the uh, publisher, like, this is, uh, like, The Titan's Bride as a manga is serialized in a web manga magazine. But the publishers of the Tonkabone are Sui Seisha. Uh, and I, every time I look at it, I read it as Shueisha. And every time I'm like, I can't believe Shueisha's putting this out. But no, it is not. It is Sui Seisha. Yes, I can't even say that no, out loud. I can't. You, I can only say it by looking at Sui the word physically. Sui Seisha? Yeah. Okay. That sounds like that fake company Psyche's dad works at. Yeah, I, I'm curious as to whether that is intentional or if that's a pun that just, you know, is apparent in English, but in Japanese, like the kanji is so radically different, you wouldn't think about it. Yeah, that might be it. It might be written with something like God Breaking Fist Company or something. <laughs> Anyways. Either way, they mm -hmm. brought us this uh, lovely piece of a uh, short form and I guess. I don't yeah. know how this was released. It is entirely available only in, like, five-minute increments. Yeah, so the series was adapted into an anime by Studio Hokiboshi and Comet Company. Uh, Studio Hokiboshi seems to do other, like, yaoi-ish stuff. Like, they did that, um, that other short series a while back that was, like, sexy firefighters walking around and uh, girls looking at them. <laughs> But then the boys <laughs> like each other. <laughs> Most of the stuff they've done is like it hasn't really been officially picked up. Uh, apparently, the official English translations are syndicated on the distrib uh, digital distribution platform Cool Mike, which I have never heard of before. Is that Cool Mike as in a microphone, or like Cool Mike as in a guy? Uh, like a microphone. I see. Their tagline is "Anytime, anywhere" with Cool Mike. I'm uh, not sure if any time, every, anywhere is the appropriate time to be watching Yaoi. Also, this is apparently getting an, uh, an English dub in 2021 by Ascendant Animation. I Well, oh well. Uh, Ascendant Animation has not released any dubs yet, but they have two. They're doing dubs for two series, so they seem like a pretty small startup. And everything around well, the Titan's Bride is surprisingly small surprisingly small and yet seemingly popular enough to get various licensing deals and adaptations yeah like 
people are like there's got to be some passion around a lot of this it seems like a lot of this is you know very small studios or very small like dubbing companies like very small companies in general just like saying hey we want to do a thing with this well i mean the whole extra large aesthetic is popular i think with all genders these days so yeah like if you want size difference this is not a bad place to get your size difference yeah there is certainly some uh, meat on display. I think we should also establish that we are watching the or we are talking about the first four episodes of the Titans Bride because each episode is very short and a big chunk of each episode is just the credits. So even and if you also were my baby, like a recap of the last episode, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a parody of middle of the run bleach episodes. <laughs> Yeah, they really, like, nine extremely short, like, when I say short, I mean, like, the runtime is, like, six minutes per episode, and then a minute of that is almost always just the credits. And it feels like even that is really stretching it sometimes. Like this, There's nine episodes totally, you say? Like, out now or out ever? Uh, uh, out ever for, like, this chunk, for, like, season one. Right. There is more source material, but season one is, like, complete. Yeah. I I okay. genuinely I, like I genuinely don't know why this isn't just a like OVA because <laughs> if you put it all together it's not that long it'd be like uh what like thirty minutes yeah and this is just OVA slash hentai OVA length usually like you know like mm-hmm. producing two or three episodes of something yeah the only thing I think of is that like they didn't think it would be successful unless it was in this like very chunk sized format. I mean, it, Cool Mike's thing is, again, <laughs> anytime, anywhere with Cool Mike. So they might be going for the, I want to watch Sentai, but I just I just want like five minutes. I just want to watch it on the bus. Yeah. I, all I'm saying is it's very possible that we are cowards and that <laughs> this is <laughs> this was meant for brave people. I mean, it's a very Internet age way of delivering your porn. Like, huh? I don't have time to jerk off for more than precisely five minutes. Before I have to get back to my busy life of shitposting on Twitter and being broke. <laughs> I mean, it does get around one of the big complaints I hear almost anyone say about like X-rated subject matter, which is why would I watch an hour and a half or why would I watch a two hour movie? Why wouldn't I just watch a four minute clip somewhere? They're not entirely wrong. I mean, as little as I personally get out of this due to my own predilections, mm-hmm. I don't particularly look for plots in my X-rated material. I think it honestly mm-hmm. distracts me more because if the plot is good, I'll start paying too much attention to it and get distracted. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get it, like separate them mentally into the ones that I'm reading for the plot and the ones that I am definitely not reading for the plots. And if it if one shifts, then it is generally like, OK, well, I, I guess I'm just going to I'm just into this now. Yeah, I'm just going to. You know, like, I, I want to concentrate on the show. I care about the characterization. Yeah. <sighs> well, speaking of the characterization, oh, I guess before we get into this, uh-huh. we should say we're covering four episodes. So, yeah, four yeah. episodes. That is roughly equivalent to like one normal episode. I, I feel like that's also going into the series enough to actually talk about it. Like the very format of our podcast doing just the first episode. I, I imagine that can be kind of unfair to some series. It would be extremely unfair to this series because there's nothing in the first episode. And it's kind of 
uh, too fair to some series in the case of when we were going to be covering movies where the first <laughs> episode is the entire movie. <laughs> or rather, it's going to be unfair to whatever unlucky bastard is currently writing the recap for the week. Oh, yeah. I will say straight out, I did... I did unknowingly agree to do a movie and then I pivoted to the Titans Bride when I was like, oh, no, I know I'm not going to have time for an episode, let alone a movie. <laughs> but it's still there and I'm still interested in that movie, which I will not say the name of, you know, so we can pull it out whenever we feel like it. <laughs> Anyways, going back to the thing we are actually watching, the Titans Bride. So we, we start off in the basketball courts and our main character, Koichi, is playing in the finals. <laughs> Koichi is basketball really seems to be the sport of choice for isekai protagonists. Hmm. It's surprising because like Dog Days, I think, made a very strong point of if you're in another world, you would want to be very acrobatic or you'd want to have, you know, like some training with a long pole or something. Because then that would really like kickstart your ability to fight when you inevitably have to join an Adventurers Guild or something. <laughs> But what if you were fucking ballin' though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the ballin' is pretty important to Koichi. <laughs> yeah, some real heart-pounding action in this one. Yeah, this this game has like one or two cool uh, bits, but a lot of it is kind of slow, kind of mad, kind of still frames every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, though, I think this is probably, like, the nicest the animation looks for a while there. Yeah. Which is weird that they used it on a random sports scene right at the start. <laughs> yeah, because also, like, we have a bunch of characters all doing stuff and, like, you know, moving dynamic poses, which is not really the vibe of the rest of the series. I don't know, maybe they just found someone who was very into basketball and they were like, hey, can I do, can I animate a basketball scene? I will, I'm, I will be willing to be paid even less than a normal anime animator if you will let me do this basketball scene. The famous The Titan's Bride basketball opening. <sighs> like, okay. I do think the coolest move is uh, when they're about to lose, one of their teammates, like, passes to Koichi while Koichi is jumping in midair and he dunks it. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. And at the start, I had a hard time determining which of these brown-haired Japanese boys was going to be our protagonist. Uh, I, I like to say in a lot of episodes, the protagonist-looking main character, or yeah, our main character looks like an isekai main character. Koichi looks, he doesn't look like an isekai main character. He looks like the best, he looks like the third friend of an isekai main character. He has the most <laughs> generic look. <laughs> It's actually really surprising that his, like, school outfit is also, like, you know, like, not baggy by any stretch, but it doesn't really show off his muscles. Whereas the basketball scene does show off that he's got muscles. Like, he is actually pretty jacked. <sighs> well, so. Sometimes you want it to be, like, the transformation between the on-clothes, off-clothes look. Mm. Yeah, I can respect that. Koichi looks at his CGI basketball. He sees all the, uh, like, all of his friends who have signed it. He's like, huh. I should really start studying for my exams so I'm not a burden on my uncle. Then he sees uh, the team manager, who is a girl, like, and her, like, hey, I hope we can still be friends outside of the game. And he's like, huh, being friends outside of the game. And we see one frame of him potentially dating the team manager. And then the heteropath is completely cut off as within his head, he hears a handsome voice booming. Ah, oh, finally found the one that will be my bride. 
big summoning circle shows up behind his bed and he teleports away. I I don't quite know why we set up this. I mean, apart from it just being the like, oh, I guess he was hetero before. Well, I mean, uh, I would hazard a guess bisexual then. But other than this, mm. I mean, this is also a kind of fetish, right? Like, yeah. be like, oh, you had someone you love, but now you like me. Yeah, it is the like, I guess I should just be transparent and say that's not really my jam. And neither is the uh, when we first met, you forced yourself upon me. But now in hindsight, I think that was that was really amazing. And I, I you know, I love you so much. And let's not talk about that. <laughs> I under like I from a writing perspective, I get why so many Yaoi series do that, because it's an easy way to just like, you know, immediately start the action. But I, I've read so many Yuri series and Yaoi series feel like they are they've all been written in the 60s and they're slowly being churned out and occasionally there's one that's really cool and really progressive whereas Yuri series feel like they are from the 2030s compared to Yaoi stuff I read it and it's like oh these girls are happy with each other and they just kind of start out dating and there's no stealing each other and there's no oh I'm gonna uh, attack you in the hallways I was just reading, uh, what was it, Young Ladies Don't Play Fighting Games, which is a lot of violent, emotional yelling, you know, going, ha, oh, maybe it's okay to indulge my hobbies, you fucking scrub. <laughs> <sighs> Some, well, someday, yeah, we will uh, get to the, the point of anything else. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Koichi is sitting on a stone floor. He looks up and he sees an enormous man. Like, I'd say at least like, you know, two heads taller than him, two heads wider than him. Just massive, massive man, big muscles, brown skin, short white hair, piercing violet eyes. And he's got, looks kind of like an, like, looks like an AU Gundam character. I can see that. Yeah. He occasionally has a, I don't think this is meant to be a scary look, but he has this look where like his irises and pupils are just like right in the center of his eyes. And he's just kind of like blankly staring forward. And it concerns me every time he does that. Uh, this man is uh, known as Caius, and he introduces Koichi to this new world or rather to the country he is now in Thailand, the country of the Titans. Yes. Uh, also, oh, you know, personally <laughs> for Titans, they are a bit on the short end, which is to say they're only like like they they are i think about as tall as the biggest humans that exist on average yeah like the world's tallest man is i believe is he like nine feet or eight feet like it it's enough of a thing where i look at these two and i'm like yeah this could happen in our world it's not like mm-hmm. absolute fantasy yeah uh also caius is holding the basketball and he's holding it you know the way one would might might hold an apple but it's not a complete, like, I can wrap my fingers all the way around the basketball. It is, like, you know, they go halfway around. Yeah. So, <laughs> Caius is like, okay, you're my bride. Scoops him up, takes him to his bed. He's like, all right, you're going to be my wife. You're going to bear my children. Don't worry, we're from we're different races, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gender isn't an issue. Well, you're from different races. are you with M-Preg? <laughs> uh, it's not my jam, but I am... Uh, passingly familiar with it. I see. I Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's not that popular in the circles that I frequent, so... Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where uh, the Emperor stuff I've enjoyed has been the stuff where it is the, like, 
going through a relationship where one character is pregnant and the other one isn't and seeing how their dynamic would work. Like, especially in fanfic, where it is the like these characters usually don't like aren't designed in the main series to be maternal. So what happens when one of them, you know, is left, you know, very weakened and they have these cravings and the other person has to support them a lot more than they usually would? I think that that dynamic's cool, but like the actual physical being pregnant doesn't really get any <laughs> do anything for me. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. So it's more in the sense of you're more interested in the sense of a thick sense rather than a you know like fetishy mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I, I like the character dynamics that can result. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I uh I get that. Yeah. Uh, does it actually get there this season or I since I've only uh, seen the first four episodes? Uh, I will say this: it does not get there this season. Though they do like in another way set up the you know main one character is very very weak the other one has to you know do everything for them and then you know the weaker character is still like no I need to help so I I feel like they might be seeding the potential for an Empire arc later on. Well, I'm sure all the Titan Sprite fans in the audience are very excited for that. Mm-hmm. So. Caius pushes Koichi on the bed. Koichi's like, please no. Caius is like, yeah, it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. Cut to black. Episode ends. This was the first time uh, that I saw the credits. And the credits for, for each episode, I already said that they are like, you know, a minute, a minute and a half in a like six minute episode. What I didn't say is that they are also like next to the actual names on the credits is just the entire episode but sped up. Like, it isn't the, we're going to show you, like, clips of the episode, or we're going to, because they don't, I guess there's just too many people working on it, that if they want everyone to have their names shown, they can't just do clips. It has to be literally the entire episode. So it is very much possible if, uh, I don't know how this would ever be the case, but if you are in a country where you can't watch Yaoi, but you can watch the credits to Yaoi anime, uh, pick up the Titan's Bride, just watch the credits, you can get the entire series out of that. Episode two starts off with, uh, I mean, it is the classic Netflix uh, cliffhanger of we are going to start off with a big or we're going to end last episode with, okay, here's the scary thing that's happening. And the next episode starts off with immediate retraction. Kai's, you know, actually hears Koichi being scared, being confused, being all like, I'm this isn't my world. I don't get it. Where am I? This is scary. And he's like, you know what? Maybe this is not okay to do. Maybe I should give you some time to calm down and figure things out. Yeah, which doesn't I mean to say that he isn't pressuring him to anything. Because mm-hmm. uh, coming up, we have a very much classic scenario. Oh, yeah. Uh... The second episode is I, really happily. None of the other episodes are like this, but the second episode is almost entirely just the first episode. Like, it is 90% the same footage, but it's from Caius's point of view. So we start off, we learn that the gods of this world created three races from three different concepts. You got the elves, who are born of intelligence, the beastmen are born of desire, and the titans are born of prosperity, which feels like just unilaterally the best one, right? I mean, it's just like getting your desire, right? Yeah, like it doesn't you can be extremely intelligent, but still be completely unsatisfied. You can have full you know, a lot of desire, but never fulfill your desire. Whereas prosperity is just having what you want. Yeah. On the other hand, 
you could feel pretty dunked on if you're the Titans and Beastman, which is just being like having things and wanting things. And then the third one is actually being smart, which, <laughs> you know, feels like the most like personal of like virtues, I guess. Rather, yeah. not that not as materialistic. Mm hmm. I'm really curious to see the elves eventually because we don't see them in season one, but we do see the Beastmen. Yeah. What kind of beastmen are there? How high on the scale are we talking? Ah, uh, I would say uh, they get pretty, like, afar. Like, on a seven-point scale, I'd say they're, like, at a six. I they, see. They are very dangerously furry. Ooh, I see. Which I am quite you know, happy about. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking earlier about, like, you never see furries that just dress like man with a mission. Whereas, <laughs> like... yeah. You know, like, non-cartoony wolf heads or, like, goat heads. That mm -hmm. stuff's always reserved for, like, mild horror. I've seen some, uh, like, suitors out there who are now using, like, just skin suits. And that is tricky in that you have to be quite fit in order to pull off the, the skin suit. Because, like, the design of your, uh, like, of the character you're portraying has to be your body type if it is a skin suit. Like, it really leaves nothing to, you know, the mind. But it does create a much slimmer look, and it's also a look that doesn't make you die in the heat. So I feel like that's probably going to take off. Well, I mean, that's like the classic cosplay conundrum of uh, most fictional characters, especially in anime and stuff, having very idealized body types. Mm -hmm. Which are just chronically hard slash impossible to achieve depending on your body's natural shape. Yeah. Like, even if you are pretty fit, that doesn't mean you're the right kind of fit to necessarily have the same frame as every character you want to do. Yeah. Same with being a wider person. Yeah. Hang not necessarily the right kind of white to well, fit the character you want to do. Like, it's very possible to, uh, like, have a little more weight on you and want to be Sakamoto from Sakamoto Days, but, like, he is a very specific type of round that most people can't really get into. Yeah, right? It's just like... You know, you know, people's shapes aren't as malleable as diet ads want you to believe. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Getting back to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's probably still easier than the Titans, I guess. Because, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, grow a couple extra feet, mate. <laughs> you got to be tall. You got to be very fit. You got to have the big yaoi hands. This is a genius way to, if you ha suffer from chronic yaoi hand drawing, to just have that be canon. <laughs> gonna get tricky when the other races you know come into play but as long as you're just focusing on the titans you can get all the enormous hand small head action that you want although seeing the female titan has big like wow character creator vibes where it's just <laughs> like male the male characters all are like oh yeah racial traits uh you know big wide super muscular and the female titan like girl <laughs> so episode two like we have the three races thing then we just have all of episode one and then we we also get the big uh info dump of by the way caius can't be in a relationship with someone of his worlds like even though the titans represent prosperity and they are made of prosperity if he has a relationship with anyone of his worlds a great tragedy will befall uh tylance so instead of that caius searched day and night for the forbidden summoning magic so that he could summon a bride well, I'm sure we've seen stuff that's just as contrived as this is plenty of times, yeah. plenty of times right now, right? I'm, it's just... 
I mean, legitimately, it's honestly a lot tighter than a lot of the things we watch. Where, you know, sometimes it's like, I in the series, you have a lot of extremely powerful people in this world. I'm not totally sure why you need someone from Japan, except for the cheat powers that they didn't have before they were summoned anyways. Whereas this is actually a pretty clear, say, like... It's not necessarily a tight explanation. It is still pretty contrived. Sure. I'm going to say it's more of an explanation than we usually get. Yeah. Because usually it's just like, we need to get a hero from another world. Because that's what Isekai do. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it really is just, we need someone, period. He does happen to be extremely hot. Like, at least two Kaias. I, I should say, I don't really, I'm not getting a lot out of Koichi, but he's okay. Bro, why are you asking me? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can say that he's very boring looking and that Kaias is not quite my type either. I... In terms of visuals, I definitely swing more towards Caius than uh, Koichi. But, I mean, I don't have any direct interest, but I guess my type would be more someone like, I don't know, Toga Kiryu-esque. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> going on. It's, it's tricky to recap something like this. Uh, we, we end uh, the second episode with Caius just saying, all right, I'm not going to pressure you, but can you stay here a month? Which is in its own oh, way. I mean, that is. Please do it, do it, do it. <laughs> it it's just pressure in a different form. Yeah, it's very much uh, similar to the uh, Iruma opening. Mm-hmm. Only that was a very different kind of arrangement he was asking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you be my grandson? Is very different from can you be my bride? And also, I'm going to impregnate you. Like that's. <laughs> That is a lot. I, I mean, I'm glad that, again, uh, Koichi is one of the isekai main character, uh, you know, characters who is in this world and freaks out, honestly, less than I expected. But he still is, you know, he's suffering from the culture shock. He's still like, no, I don't want to be impregnated. That doesn't seem cool. I feel very weird. I don't know what's going on. Please help. I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more isekai porn with premises. Similar to this, right, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get, like, a girl or a guy from another dimension. Honestly, though, mm-hmm. for how re- regrettably horny most of the shows we watch are anyway, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that none of them are just the same kind of show, but directly also porn. Yeah. With fucking Maosama, whatever it was, <laughs> and figure out which one of those I mean. I mean, I'm assuming Maosama retry, but it could be any of the various Maosamas. I don't know, I can't fucking keep the titles apart. One of those is the reverse isekai, right? Uh, Not that one. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't what? know what you're thinking of. What do you mean? The one where he works at McDonald's? Oh, the devil's a part-timer. Oh, right, yeah, that one. Sorry, that didn't have Mao-sama in the title, but you know what I mean. There is a Mao-sama in it, which creates its own problems. I mean, at that point, we also have to lump in all the Nobunaga series. Where's a, you know what these series need to be infinitely more entertaining? They need a, like, a Waz type of guy to come in and be like, Ah, Herod, the arrival of thee! <laughs> <sighs> but, I mean... There's a common writer reference. It's very possible that our de- target demographic might actually understand the reference. Hopefully. <laughs> well, our target demographic is mostly people we already know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably... Hopefully, you never know. Uh, but 
Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't had the one that is just, in my world, being a, a fat, sweaty neat with no job prospects is actually the sexiest thing in the world. Ah, we'll, we'll get there eventually. What was that fun series you told me about where, like, the twist was that the main character is actually descended from the asset dimension? Yours, your audio is very, very bad right now. Uh, that's probably, I guess. Sorry, hold on. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Okay, well, as I was saying, what was that weird series you ta told me about, about the guy that was secretly a descendant of the fat, ugly bastards from the fat, ugly bastard dimension? Oh, which one was that? Uh, it was definitely a manga on manga decks, so I, I probably, I'm not even going to try and look it up. But the premise of that was, as you said, the extremely ugly boy is like, ah, oh, no one likes me, it's so weird, I feel like I, I don't fit in. And then he gets taken to the Fat Ugly Bastards dimension and is told, you are from the Fat Ugly Bastards dimension, that's why people don't like you in your real world. But in our world, you're the sexiest man alive. And I like that as a concept. Yeah, I think it's time for, for a bit of postmodernism to reach the Fat Ugly Bastard stereotype. <laughs> We're getting that a bit. I'm seeing it on Twitter, which means we should be getting an actual series eventually. Well, if you know me, I'm very positive towards Twitter manga. You all mm -hmm. should totally read more Twitter manga. Okay, now, swiveling away from this massive, massive divergence. <laughs> this happens when we don't do a preamble. <laughs> it all comes out in the episode. So, uh, Kaius is like, all right, I'm, we're going to give you a month. Please stay with me for a month. After one month, if you genuinely do not like being here, I, will, I promise I will send you home. And Koichi's like, okay, well, I'm kind of a hostage, so I can't really say anything else i can't go home by myself uh, so he's thinking about it he's sitting outside dribbling his basketball and he tells kaius what basketball is like to which kaius replies oh you bring valuable knowledge from other worlds you are truly a great bride and you know in every other series where we do the i can't believe you know how to make ice cream you are amazing I, I, this one also makes more sense to me because Kaius is extremely head over heels for uh, for him. So all of his... Yeah, this is yeah, more like, like a normal person in a bar going up to someone and saying, wow, you know how to play basketball? That's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they share a kiss on the bench and Koichi's like, wait a minute, should we be doing this in broad daylight? To which Kaius just points up... I mean, he, he immediately points to just a couple on the other side of a uh, window, just like doing it. But then we pan over to a bunch of other couples just also kissing. Like it's not all as extreme. And he's like, well, yeah, this is Thailand's. This is, you know, we are all made, you know, our basis is desire or sorry, prosperity. And so, you know, anything that shows off your prosperity is completely fine. Most people just spend their days making stuff or having sex or being in love or... <laughs> Like, it seems like a really good time. Yeah, although I have to say, we do not ever actually see anyone's prosperity in <laughs> the, <laughs> the metaphorical sense. Mm hmm. <sighs> like, it is fairly non-explicit. Yeah, I... Again, I feel like if we like if the series does get to an Empire arc, I, th I feel like that's when we're going to get more of the, hey, here's my best friend and her 50 children. Because I imagine that would actually be a, a tiring part of prosperity. Yeah, I mean, there must be a lot of titans, unless they mm -hmm. just have really low pregnancy rates. 
Maybe. I mean, we also don't really see any Titans besides, you know, the people around Caius, who are all, you know, very rich, very noble. I wonder if there are poor Titans. Hmm. Like, to be fair, we don't Do you think even... the show will get into that. Maybe I, I could see the show doing the like, there are no problems. And thus we want to fully explain why there are no problems. Hmm. Like, this doesn't strike me as a we're going to talk about hard economics sort of series, but I could see it doing the, oh, by the way, you know, if you're curious about why Kai's can just sit around in his room and have a lot of gay sex and not, you know, like do taxes or do stuff that fixes the country, it's because the country's fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. <sighs> so <laughs> Kai's is like, well, as you can see, everyone else is kissing in public. It's fine. What if I push you up against the wall and we just kind of do it in public? <laughs> To which Koichi is like, um, maybe, maybe that's a little too much. And Kai's is like, eh, it's, no, don't worry, it's fine. I'm just going to start doing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do have a whole sequence where he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to put it in. But then I don't know what they're doing. It's just rubbing, I guess. I don't know. Mm hmm. Yeah, we, we cut away. We see some uh, plants. We see some uh, leaves swowing, uh, flowing in the breeze. This is, again, an uncensored censored hentai, so I'm not totally sure why we're cutting away apart from I don't think they could animate all of this, like, actually. Also, so much for I'm not going to force myself on you. Mm hmm. Uh, so after that, presumably off screen, uh, Koichi gets cleaned up and he's just thinking to himself, yeah, I don't know if he really likes me because, uh, you know, there's that prophecy saying that he can't be with anyone. We also learned that he did have a fiance prior to the prophecy being announced. I'm saying this because, of course, as they are walking, they bump into his fiance or his ex-fiance, rather. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she's Medina. She is a like more light haired, like not white haired, but, you know, like a much lighter blonde. She's also got the big purple eyes. She's got the dark skin. She's extreme. Like, she also looks like a big, big noble. Here's yeah, I would say I would describe the Titans as basically all having the Ramlethal Valentine color scheme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it, it makes sense a lot as the like purple especially is like in our world, the color of royalty. It is the big prosperous color. So it makes sense. They would have like a lot of purple, a lot of gold. So, <laughs> the episode ends on like just his fiance being in this hallway. Hard cut in the next episode too. <laughs> Uh, Kaius and uh, Koichi standing like in this big banquet and Koichi is wearing a bride's outfit which is oh boy it, it's something how, how so do I describe this lot. you've got a like big gold medallion thing you've got a big old uh, white veil he's got sort of like a see-through suspenders situation going on it has very big like uh, Middle Eastern harem girl energy yeah loaded in its own right Ah, uh, yeah. When we get to we the... We haven't talked about this since oh. our El Hazard episode. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Uh, I mean, it is actually kind of surprising. Like, a lot of the fantasy stuff, or, like, specifically the Titan stuff in The Titan's Bride is more Middle Eastern adjacent. Whereas, it, it seems like that was kind of a thing in, you know, Japanese fantasy stuff. Like, you know, in the like 80s and the 90s, and then it kind of just shifted to what about generic medieval uh, European fantasy city? Yeah, which is probably largely, well, I mean, I would, <laughs> it's undeniable that most of the general aesthetic for 
uh, isekai fantasy worlds is not more so much heavily inspired by Western fantasy as is heavily inspired by Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Yeah, and which to... take a kind of specific mishmash of various uh, sort of fancy texts and historical periods into account and combine them into a mix of uh, into a blend of like cultural and historical iconography that's very much its own for this Japanese genre of fantasy. Uh, just a moment. Just got to talk to my dad for a second. All right, never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. Like, I heard my dad yelling outside, but uh, Donut's taking care of it. Or he is, he's running off to take care of it. Okay, I wish your boyfriend luck in his fight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure he's beating up a goose or something. I imagine, huh. He's not really much of a cook person, but maybe he is going to try and help with the frying of the noodles. That'd be cool. But Where yeah. were we? Uh, we're talking about like uh, how the modern isekai like fantasy aesthetic is very like Dragon Quest inspired, and I, I would say it's also like you know very like tabletop inspired. It is a very specific uh, like view of like medieval Western fantasy. I don't think I've ever brought yeah. this up on the podcast, but I think my favorite like weird translation thing is kobolds. Like, in the West, kobolds are, like, you know, kind of these weird, like, dragonic imp creatures. Like, very much, like, not even, like, related to dragons, but very, very distantly and more of just, like, a tiny little minion creature. Whereas, due to, like, uh, translate, uh, translation error with the very first, uh, like, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, kobolds were described in that as being more like dogs or wolves. And so, like, in most modern fantasy series, like, fantasy manga, I should say, but also, like, video games, some anime, like, when a kobold shows up, they are very, like, wolf-inspired, or very canine in general. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a thing for a while now, which is uh, a bit confusing at first, but I guess I just kind of were, were rolled with that for a while until I figured out that D&D factoid. Yeah, like, I imagine, it, it is kind of the reverse of a series, like, a series that will say like you know demon or monster but then they use the very traditional like japanese oni look yeah you might be well a part of that is also in the translation of course yeah it's different norms but yeah that is all to say uh, i actually i i did want to bring this up because i find it really weird that the traditional like bridal wear that koichi wears is again like the very uh like harem girl inspired but then when uh, he is introduced to all of the like men and women of the court, they're all in very like Victorian era attire. That's just how it be, man. I'm not going <laughs> to dig too deep into the uh, ancient lore of the series, but I wonder if that is a like, is this two different cultures clashing or is this one culture that just has both types of fancy dress? Who knows? Mm. Did the author just look at some costumes they liked and thought, hells yeah. <sighs> In my hentai? No, there's no way. How could this be? <sighs> Do keep going. Yeah, so Koichi is surrounded by the crowd, but Kaius puts his giant muscle arm around him. Uh, we then cut to Koichi drinking a strange white substance out of a glass, or out of a metal goblet. He's kind of just, mm-hmm. just like, hey, so this is National Foundation Day. Why is everyone focusing on us? And also, why aren't you out there, you know, mingling? He's like, hey, I just want some time for the two of us. Some sparks fly. Uh, yeah. Uh, we see Medina I think again. She blushes. Yeah. Like, this is 
this is the first time where I really start to feel chemistry there. Like, it is not just a, I am a prisoner for this giant's angry muscle man who's going to do me, do with me as he will. Like, now I'm starting to feel, you know, it, it feels better. And I just question why we couldn't have started off with this. I don't know. I mean, this is going to come to a point I wanted to bring up later. But mm -hmm. I honestly feel like the pacing of this show is just way too fast for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Way too fast for me to get into. Like, I feel like there's a lot of talk of, oh, wow, guys, I've learned to love you over these past couple weeks. But we don't really get to see a lot of their bonding outside yeah. of them humping that one time. And I don't know. I'm the kind of person that isn't satisfied just hearing that someone's relationship has developed or like seeing the consequences of that mm -hmm. like i need to see that development and i honestly think you could have made each of these 20 minute episodes by just padding out content with like more scenes and more character stuff and the pacing would have actually worked to get at this point by yeah. episode four which just is like I think a big reason why I can't really get into this for me. Mm -hmm. Just can't really buy into the relationship here, and I feel like all the in most interesting parts of it developing are completely underexplored. Agreed. Like I really like the visual of Caius and um, uh, Koichi together, but that's really it. I I can't like all my problems really stem from the fact that if you're going to do something this fast, you shouldn't do the arc of they don't like each other and then they come around or rather, you know, like Koichi feels very lost, and isolated and confused. And then he comes around. He likes Caius. Like if you're going to have it be this short, just have him like him in the first place. Just have it be, you know, like him adjusting to the culture shock of this really strange new world. That's all you need. You don't need to also have the I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to scare you. I'm going to push you into doing this in public. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I just had also I just don't quite get Um, I just don't quite get Caius, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't like I don't really get what there even is to see in him because or not to see in him. Because I don't understand his personality other than, like, big. Yeah. Like, I wish there was something like a scene of them trying to play basketball and, like, bonding for a minute or something. Mm -hmm. That's really my main complaint with the series right now. Yeah. Like, I really like the scene that comes up after this where uh, Medina, again, Caius's uh, ex, shows up and the court starts, like, you know, just in hushed whispers, they're mocking her behind her back for having broken up with him due to the prophecy. And then Caius walks right up to him, has a toast with it with her, and just outright states, like, you are my guest. I don't want anyone to make fun of you. I'm happy that you are here. And that's cool. Yeah. But, like, it, it feels at odds with him, you know, forcing Koichi. When in every other instance, he is saying, like, you know, I love you. I want the best for you. I, you know, I can't quite fully buy that when we are introduced to him in such a blunt way. Yeah, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I think this is all a bit too brief for me to get into. Yeah. Like, even from so, the, like, from the way I described it before, from the, like, you're on the train, you're on the bus, you want to watch five minutes of hentai. Like, even that doesn't quite vibe with me, because I can't, I wouldn't be able to watch one of these episodes and be satisfied by the end of it. So, uh. Yeah, yeah, I just don't quite know. I'm sure this is for someone, but I personally mm -hmm. don't really get it. Yeah, as as the gay guy here, I want I just want to make it clear like this isn't even for me. 
I like parts of it a bit, but there's so much that really stands out as just I don't like this. And it's a lot of stuff that is also just a general yaoi thing that has continued to exist far beyond the point where I see people saying they like it. So then it's just like, what are these tropes for? Yeah, this might just be one of those like things where in Japan you only sell things to an extremely small audience that is willing to pay like $3,000 per episode for your Mm -hmm. show. Yeah. For the very specific thing they like. So you appeal to like the most hardcore possible audience. I've never thought about this before, but the yaoi sexual assaults actually feels a lot like the, you know, uh, uh, being sent to like uh, meeting an angel from another world and being told like, all right, you died. We're going to give you some cheat powers or putting you in another world. Like in the sense that they are both like openings I've seen over and over again. And I feel like the intent of them is you've seen this so many times that you can just like skim over it. We might do something interesting with it, but you know how this starts. And the reason why, you know, the yaoi thing bothers me so much more is because it's not an okay thing to normalize. And by the very nature of doing it over and over again and treating it as the like standard opening, you are normalizing it or rather, you know, mangaka are normalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a good trope. So, uh, Medina walks up to uh, Koichi while he's sipping his auspicious uh, white drink. She takes him to a different room. Uh, Caius sees their like glasses empty over by where Koichi was sitting, runs over to the room, is like, Oh, Medina, don't you dare hurt my bride. I love him so much. I, you gotta get over me. And Medina's like, I, I wasn't doing anything. You big silly. We were just talking. So much for the trusting relationship you had. Mm-hmm. With evil of them. <laughs> Again, it's Kaius is a weird character. He's kind of just like this anime is kind of just running down a lot of scenes that you'd see in another show, and Kaius just has whatever personality is necessary to make the current scene work. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Koichi is pretty like I'd say he's relatively consistent, but that's because, like, you know, he is the audience insert. He is the person out of water. And so it's easier to go like, yeah, I, I kind of get what his deal is. Caius is just sort of all over the place. Yeah. So Caius is then like, all right, so let's get on the bed. Uh, at first, I was attracted to you because you're hot. Then I was attracted to you because you knew basketball. And now you're so endearingly bashful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep on falling in love with you, so you afraid of me? And Koichi, with no real added information apart from just being around him more, is now like, yeah, you know what? I'm not actually afraid of you anymore. It's fine. <sighs> so they they start doing it. You know how it is. Uh, we <laughs> They finish. We cut to them outside. Medina's being taken away in a carriage, and then Koichi faints. We we don't learn this in this episode, but but I will give you just the light mention of episode five in which we learn that the suspicious uh, white colored drink that he was drinking is, in fact, full of aphrodisiac and for giant like like Titans uh, drink it just completely normally because they are so big that when they drink it, it is like almost unnoticeable. It's like a minor little buzz. It is essentially beer. But on a small, you know, on a small human like Koichi, he has no defenses against it. And now it will rampage out of control and kill him. And mm-hmm. the o- despite being something that they all drink all the time, 
there is only one antidote for it, and it is extremely rare, and it is in the land of the beast people, which is which is a very clear like, okay, this is now we're going to go to the land of the uh, beastmen. But it yeah. is the wild. I would say of the first season, it is the wildest plot points. What happens with the beastmen? What? Wait, what? Uh, so the beastmen are the only ones who have a single tree that produces the only known antidote to the aphrodisiac that Koichi drank a bunch of. That all the like okay. all the titans drink all the time. The titans do not keep the antidote around, and they can't. I don't think it's that they can't grow it; it's just they don't grow it. Because, you know, they don't need it. It's certainly yet another very contrived plot point. Like, what happens if, you know, one of your many, many kids drinks the the strange uh, white liquid? What if they need the antidotes? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. do we have antidotes for beer in hospitals? I guess the antidote for beer is just a stomach pump, right? But, like, we have, like, uh, naloxone for uh, heroin and stuff. Like, we have antidotes for, you know, things that are used recreationally. I guess, but, like, you know, like, for alcohol itself, do we, I don't think we really use anything. But then again, I'm not sure what no. you exactly do. We don't, yeah, there is no antidote to alcohol. Like, anything you do for that is just a way to process the alcohol faster. But I don't believe there is an actual antidote. Otherwise, people would use that as, you know, your hangover cure or whatnot. All well, right. oh well, I guess that's up. Uh, that's done with the recap for today. It sure is. I was not. I mean, uh, we are almost at an hour, which is where a lot of our episodes go. So I'm actually pretty happy about that. We, we timed out the amount of uh, content per episode or per minute pretty, de- pretty darn well, which is surprising considering, again, well, the second episode is just the first episode again. It is unwise to consider episode over yet. Before oh, no. even uh, wasted time trying to find ratings and discuss our final talking points for the show. Oh no, I forgot. Uh, talking about the rating system, we have, of course, uh, they are spawned from three different concepts. The spicy is, of course, uh, born from desire. The nicey is born from intelligence. And the isekaisi is born from prosperity. It feels... wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Would you disagree? But between spicy, nicey, and isekaisi, how do they fall on the triangle of intelligence, desire, and prosperity? Well, clearly spicy is the prosperity, because spice is something that you only have in a prosperous civilization and is often a sign of wealth, historically okay. speaking. Sure. I think nicey would be desire, because we have a desire to be entertained. Okay. And isekaisi will be intelligence because you need to a lot of intelligence to find out <laughs> what the rating means. I see. <laughs> my logic when my logic when I was coming up with those was it's not possible for isekaisi to be intelligence because if you have a modicum of intelligence, you would throw away the isekaisi rating. But I like your reading of it. I think that also works. Uh, so how spicy was the series? This is such a difficult one. I don't watch a lot of hentai. Uh, in terms of what we watch, honestly, though, pretty unspicy, I guess. I mean, honestly, wasn't that crazy of a thing here? Yeah. 
like legitimately a lot of these points are things we would have just we would have seen in other series but they would have also tacked on like some like hey let's go to the adventurers guild so let's figure out what kind of magic you use and as much as i'm not as much as i don't want that in every single thing it's more it's more stuff <laughs> whereas this was it was kind of by the book for a lot of it Okay, well, I'll give it like a, a three. Okay, three sounds okay. Ah, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can honestly give it more than a four. It seems okay. Okay, Fermite, how nicely was this? Uh, it has. I'm gonna give it another four. Uh, I'm even then. That feels like a little too much. I think I'm gonna give it a three. Like, that is focused almost entirely on Koichi's outfits, the uh, hentai scenes, and the bits of world building that I liked-ish. Uh, even that's, like, kind of pushing it. I, I'm, I'm kind of just scraping by for points, but a lot of the episode is just stuff I don't like, which sucks, because, again, I mean... It's cool that this is something I have been asking for for a while. The, like, why don't we have a gay character in Isekai? Why is it that there are no LGBT people who want to go to another world? But this was not a great instance of that. No, no. I guess in many ways it isn't. I just, I mean, the nice rating is a personally based rating. I think it's like a four. Okay. I don't know. It's definitely not in the like worst things I've ever seen sort of category, but mm. it's definitely not something I would keep watching even if it was on because it's just very boring for the most part. Yeah, like to be fair, I did watch the entire season, but counterpoints, the entire season, you know, skipping the credits is like, you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> it, w mm. it was more of a I've, I'm already sitting down. I already have the playlist made. I may as well just keep on going. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I, I would like you to summon all of your intelligence, uh, delve into your elven power and tell me how Isakaisi is the Titan's ride. Five. Oh, how intelligence. <laughs> I will agree. I will give I'm it a fucking wise posting over here. Thermite. <laughs> of course, it's intelligent. Hmm. Very unwise of you. <laughs> I'll give it a five. Cool. <laughs> cause my rating unwise immediately gives the same rating <laughs> well it's good to know oneself I suppose yeah I'm not saying that I am wise I am simply stating that you are unwise because I believe we are the same you and I <laughs> not so different <sighs> I mean at the very least Koichi has sort of a personality. We we know that his world has basketball in it. <laughs> There's something there. We kind of know what his world is like. <sighs> so, uh, do you have anything you want to do next week? Uh, didn't we already have something lined up? Uh, I had the two Digimon Adventure Zero Ones lined up, but we could put something in between if you'd rather do something else. Nope, we can do Zero One. Zero one, zero one, zero one, zero one. <laughs>